five, four, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of One Man Watchpoint. I, of course, did not remember or realize that I missed the nine key on my run of show here. So it currently says episode four. There we go. I fixed it. Episode 49. Now then, welcome to episode 49 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. If this is your first episode, I'm your host, Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM. And you can, of course, find me on all socials, so why not give me a follow over on Twitter, over on Instagram, over on Twitch. Uh, all of it is at Sir DRJM. And especially if you'd like to interact with the show, reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, I'm always happy to take feedback, comments, questions, concerns, topics, whatever you've got for me and bring them to the show and of course reviews that kind of that kind of stuff now you can of course find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there spotify apple Podcasts, google podcasts so why not give us a follow leave us a review tell your friends all that fun stuff and if you find a service that you can't find one man Watchpoint on let me know over on twitter and i'll fix that right up now before i get into t- today's show i do of course want to apologize because there was no episode last week and I was quiet about it. I did not uh, say anything on Twitter or anything because ultimately I uh, didn't really feel like it. It's just been a crazy time in my life right now uh, in the middle of moving to a different city, moving my entire family to a different city. And I was also in a wedding on the weekend. So last week was, needless to say, a little bit chaotic as we closed the deal on purchasing a new house in said city as well as uh, trying to get everything ready for the wedding, because uh, although I wasn't, you know, fulfilling a huge role, I was in the party. So um, just a lot to do. And I've also been fighting with a toddler who doesn't like to sleep a whole lot, which means I don't get to record until very late. Uh, As is, this recording is happening very late on Tuesday, the 20th, by the time it posts, or by the time I'm done, it will be Wednesday, the 21st. And uh, the same day that this will post. So I'm going to be tired by the end of this episode, but I didn't want to go two weeks without an episode, especially after uh, the summer showdown, which of course we are going to talk about in today's episode. So let's get on to today's episode where, as I mentioned, we will talk about the summer showdown tournament, which just finished up. Uh, We will look at the winners and a number of the matches that occurred over this past weekend. We will, of course, also be talking a little bit about the grand finals with a recent announcement that came out today. And as well, we'll get into looking at the Summer Games event. So without further ado, let's dive on in. Playtime's over. Okay, okay, okay. So our first story is going to take us over to dotesports.com with an article by Liz Richardson posted on July 15th. Oh, I should also mention, uh, I had a few news stories in here from the week prior that I had gathered, uh, the week that I did not post an episode. However, there wasn't a ton, um, and especially there wasn't anything that I really felt super confident uh, in speaking on or anything I felt like I had a very unique perspective on. So I decided to just continue on from last week's post date, which would have been uh, July 14th. So all of the stories are from then on to the 20th or 21st, which it will be today when you're listening to this. So I digress. Our first story, .esports.com, July 15th, Liz Richardson posts, 
Hangs out spark parts ways with head coach Andante, assistant coach mentalist. Weeks before the final tournament cycle of the 2021 Overwatch League season, the Hangzhou Spark has decided more changes are necessary regarding its coaching staff. The team announced today that interim head coach Andante and assistant coach mentalist would be leaving the Spark. In April, Hangzhou parted ways with former head coach Paijan and assistant coach Noru after only two losses. Following a 2-2 two two record during the Summer Showdown tournament cycle, it appears that Andante and Mentalist are facing the same fate. They've then got a tweet embedded there, which thanks Andante and says goodbye to him. And continuing with the article, it reads, quote, We failed to build the optimal coaching roster we could during the offseason, and it is the primary reason behind the difficulties we face this season. Supervisor Jiogui Jiogui said in an update on the Hangzhou Sparks YouTube channel. I apologize for mispronouncing that. He states, Hangzhou's impressive run in the June Joust tournament cycle was due to Andante's leadership, but added that the team, quote, realized that there are irreconcilable differences between Andante's and the rest of Sparks' ideals. End quote. Mentalist, on the other hand, is leaving the team due to personal work choices. Andante was, quote, no longer in charge of the Sparks training as of June 30th, according to the YouTube update. Andante is currently looking for a new team. This change leaves the Hangzhou Spark with assistant coach, puts the glasses back on, U4, as its only remaining coaching staff. Considering the Sparks' next game is on July 31st against the Seoul Dynasty, the team has a few weeks to figure out a new coaching solution. So there you have it. Um... Obviously, we a bit of an interesting one here. Just given the way that they phrased all of this around Andante, um, you know, obviously bringing him in and, and bringing in Mentalist as well in the interim seems like it did kind of work out for them with uh, with them obviously getting a couple wins in the Summer Showdown uh, matches. However, just a very interesting way to phrase things, saying that, there are irreconcilable differences between Andante and the rest of Spark's ideals. Really kind of makes you wonder what exactly happened there. Um, obviously something going on behind the scenes, some management that didn't agree with him or something to that extent, or maybe the team, but uh, I digress. Very interesting to hear. The uh, the personal work choices thing uh, is a little bit interesting as well, perhaps maybe just a little more vague, uh, leaving for a little less speculation, but ultimately... Uh, wish them all the best. Hopefully they can uh, both land on their feet, whether that is in Overwatch or outside of it. Moving on from there, another retirement coming at you from ESTNN.com, this time by Ophelie Castellot, which reads Overwatch League Ivy from NYXL Retires. As the summer showdown is ending, New York Excelsior is bidding farewell to one of their latest picks. Ivy decided to step back from the team and retire from the Overwatch League tweet is embedded there. Ivy started his Overwatch League career with the Toronto Defiant during the 2019 season. He then joined Philadelphia Fusion, where he helped the team secure second place in the Overwatch League 2020 regular season. Philadelphia Fusion ended fourth in the Grand Finals, but Ivy made his mark in the team. With NYXL, things didn't go well for Ivy. The player struggled to find his place in the starting six, warming the bench more than he used to with Philadelphia Fusion. New York Excelsior managed to qualify for the semi-finals of the June Joust Tournament, but lost the regional knockouts of the Summer Showdown. Ivy is now retiring from the Overwatch League with no additional information at this time. NYXL will be heading to the Countdown Cup with three DPS players, Feather, Flora, and Guangboom. So this one uh, stings a little bit, um, given the impressive showing that Philadelphia had 
last season. Um, and if, if I recall correctly, Hisu and Ivy, uh, the pair of them together on the Philadelphia Fusion, was certainly no small part in the impact that uh, Philly had last season. Um, they certainly made a great DPS combo over on the Fusion, and I think uh, left a lot of uh, people pretty impressed with their performances. Um, I personally, I will admit that I was actually not that high on Hisu, um, of the two and when he came over to the Toronto Defiant I was interested to see how he would perform because I just wasn't too crazy about how he played on the uh, Philadelphia Fusion I kind of thought that Ivy was the better of the two however I've I was impressed with him on the Toronto Defiant but you know Toronto's in a whole different situation this season so anyways I digress uh, saying goodbye to Ivy too bad to see that this happened to him um, you know given NYXL's performance this past season uh, has certainly been disappointing to fans to say the least always always a shame to see a uh, really good player like this you know spending more time on the bench than uh, than not and of course it would seem retiring uh, due to those circumstances rather than getting to uh, you know continue to raise his skill step his game up and uh, really truly perform so anyways uh, all the best to Ivy as he moves on and hopefully he can uh, find something great for himself. Moving on from there, the next story I have, I'm actually going to skip for now. I will come back to it as it will function a little bit more as our recap of the past weekend's matches. And we'll move over to an article on .esports.com from Liz Richardson, posted on July 19th, which reads, Overwatch contenders admin fired for racist statements following pause scandal. Okay, and this one reads like this. An administrator at the heart of the Noble versus Ardor situation has been removed, but now, but not how the community expected. An Overwatch Contenders Tournament administrator has been removed from their position following the discovery of past conversations that involved a racial slur, the organization announced today. The administrator was also at the center of a community uproar over a seemingly unfair pause situation during a recent Contenders match. The Overwatch Contenders organization put out a statement earlier today updating fans that it let go of a tournament administrator, but it did not elaborate, only saying that, quote, there is no place for racism within Overwatch Contenders, end quote. The administrator, known as Zoo, I believe that's X-O-U would be Zoo, was a part of Monkey Bubble, which operates Overwatch Contenders tournaments in North America and Europe. During a July 14th match between North American contenders teams Noble and Ardor, one of Noble's DPS players disconnected during a tense map 5 scenario. After waiting the allotted 10 minutes for his return, Ardor offered the teams 10 minutes uh, to give him more time to reconnect. An administrator with the tag EUProd10 insisted the game go on. Noble were forced to play with 5 players and ended up losing the match. They then have... Uh, the, a tweet embedded here from Gig, which reads, According to the rule set, each team has 10 minutes, and the admins denied our door of their 10 min and ignored the players in chat. Such a tragedy. They've then got a bunch of screenshots of the uh, actual chat here, which reads, one player saying, Are we allowed to use our pause time to wait? Uh, question mark, question mark. The EUNA prod 10 spectator then said, No, you're not. Gig then says, Please, he's trying. EUNA prod 10 said 15 seconds. Sorry, guys. Gig said they are asking for time. EUNA prod 10 said time to unpause. Gig said you need to provide. 
another player, I believe this is Seasons, said, can we please give them our time? Adam started playing Overwatch. Fishcake said, if my computer turned off right now, and Dynasty said a little up arrow as if to indicate that message. So let's pop, pop back to the article. Former Overwatch League tank Rick Gig Salazar, now a part of Noble, said the situation was, quote, such a tragedy. He noted the rule set allowed for 10 minutes of time per team, but our doors team was, quote, ignored. The contenders community was in an uproar of this situation, and many fans on social media called for the administrator to be fired. On July 18th, a Twitter user affiliated with Noble posted screen grabs of a 2016 conversation between Zhu and Rod Slasher Breslau, in which Zhu used a racial expletive and argued it was equivalent to the word, quote, Nazi. The original poster captioned the screen grabs as, quote, EU Prod 10 moment, trying, oh, tying Zhu, 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 Zhao, Zhu, 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 to the Noble and Ardor scandal. After the Overwatch Contenders organization announced the removal of tournament administrator, Zhu posted a statement on Twitter. In the post, Zhu confirmed that they were the administrator EU Prod 10 and also apologized for the, quote, unacceptable decision that was uncovered discussion sorry that was uncovered they also apologized for the pause situation quote i should have showed more flexibility and better communication with the tournament production regarding the options to consider zoo said zoo said they'll be stepping away from the community overwatch contenders matches will continue as planned through the week of july 19th so uh wanted to bring this one up because obviously there's there's a few things at play there number one being uh there's no place for racism in any game or any league i don't care which one you are a part of i don't care if it's contenders or overwatch league or even it's just competitive or even arcade mode or quick play uh there's no place for that shut the shut it shut it down get it out uh we need better tools and systems and ways to deal with this stuff in game because there's uh no place for that in any games now Moving on from there, uh, I like this article that Liz wrote here because although the point is that it's it's focusing on the um, uh, the tournament administrator getting getting uh, fired for the racial comments, um, I like that she actually covers what happened between Noble and Ardor um, in the pause situation because really it it's it is a tough position for anyone to be in um, and admit an administrator uh you know at that point kind of has to make a judgment call um you know do we allow the other team to use their their pause um to in theory benefit the other team but realistically they were trying to play fair they didn't want to have a six on five situation because ultimately especially at this level of overwatch the, the five-man team is more than likely going to just get blasted into the ground so it is actually pretty, I mean, I don't want to say noble, but it is, it, is a, it is nice to see that the other team was willing to uh, give their 10 just to extend the amount of time for that player to try and get back. But ultimately, coming back to the racism part, uh, the league obviously made the right decision here uh, to let go of this player. Now, it is a little bit interesting because obviously it was amidst all of this other controversy controversy which says to me you know had that not been going on would these comments given how old they were you know from 2016 it seems uh would these comments have gone as far as they did to to you know remove this this administrator from the organization who knows but uh ultimately i think they made they made the right call you know you 
you you act in an inappropriate way and it doesn't matter how long ago it was it can come back and bite you so there you have it next up we're gonna move on over uh nope i should say we're gonna stay with dotesport.com for the rest of our uh, stories actually this time with an article from july 20th which was today actually technically now it was yesterday again by liz richardson which reads overwatch league 2021 grand finals to be held in los angeles playoff bracket in dallas live events will finally be returning to the overwatch league when the 2021 postseason begins in september the 2021 overwatch league grand finals will be held at the gallon center in los angeles on september 25th the league announced today a playoff event held from september 16th to 19th will take place at the esports stadium arlington in dallas tickets for both events will go on sale in august over the past few months, some semblance of normalcy has returned regarding live OWL events, with several successful homestands held in China, hosted by the Shanghai Dragons and Hangzhou Spark. The Dallas Fuel recently held the first North American live event since the COVID-19 pandemic started in March 2020 at the eSports Stadium Arlington. Located in Los Angeles, the Gallon Center is an indoor arena operated by the University of South Carolina, California. Sorry. It's a 255,000 square foot arena that has 10,258 potential seats for fans, though that number may be reduced for the Overwatch League Grand Finals due to possible COVID-19 restrictions. In addition to announcing the two live events, the Overwatch League has revealed the postseason format and the various ways teams can make it to the playoffs. The top three teams in the West region and the top two teams in the East region, based on quote league points, earned through wins or tournament placement will automatically make it into the playoff bracket. So far, the Dallas Fuel and Shanghai Dragons have already qualified thanks to their multiple tournament appearances. This leaves two spots in the West and one in the East. A play-in stage is the next step for the remaining teams. The fourth through ninth seeds in the West region will fight it out for two remaining spots, and the third through fifth season seeds in the East region will compete for one additional spot. Eight teams in total, five from the West region and three from the East region, will compete in a postseason bracket. It'll be a double limb bracket that eventually pro produces two teams ready to face off in the 2021 Grand Finals. The winner of the Grand Finals will earn the 2021 Championship Trophy as well as the $1.5 million in prize money, while the runner-up will, will still take home an impressive $750,000. For now, the Owl still has to complete one final tournament cycle to determine seeding based on league points. The Countdown Cup cycle begins on July 30th. So obviously for uh, for us fans of the Overwatch League, it's time to get hyped because we now know our playoff format for the uh, Grand Finals in the Overwatch League. Plus, we now know that we will have live events for uh, for the not only the playoff bracket, but or not only the Grand Final, but also the playoff bracket. Um, so super exciting to hear that. Uh, really, really crazy to, uh, to think that they're going to do the... Um, the playoff bracket in Dallas and then the grand finals in Los Angeles. I'm actually curious just to see uh, Dallas flight to LA. I want to see how, how long this flight is. That's a little more than three hours. That's, that's not too bad. I was, I was kind of expecting a bit more, um, but you know, I don't know yeah, American geography. Okay. Yeah. It's not across the entire country, more like kind of halfway. It's basically the equivalent of flying from where I am to Toronto. So anyways, Exciting stuff. Uh, really great to see that they're they've already got this plan. They've already you know seemingly would be if they're announcing it today. They've already got this 
infrastructure in place and have the uh, the plans and deals made, the T's crossed and the I's dotted so that they can successfully pull this off, um, which is just awesome to hear and uh, really exciting to, to see that <clears throat> they're making these moves and live events might just be uh, coming back. So exciting stuff there. All right. Next up, we're going to continue with .esports.com. Liz Richardson, July 20th. Another, uh, whatchamacallit here. Um, this article actually reads, All Overwatch 2021 Summer Games Skins. So, of course, um, this is going to look at the Summer Games Skins available in the Summer Games event, which is now live, which I should have talked about at the top of the show, but I'm going to talk about right now. So, of course, the Overwatch summer games event is on now running from july 20th to august 10th and if we take a look at the details here we're going to have lucio ball returning plus lucio ball remix we're also going to have a play to win a play to earn challenge running from july 20th to the 27th so here week one play nine games you get the ocean king winston icon play 18 games you get the ocean king winston spray and of course play 27 and you get the ocean king winston epic skin which is pretty honestly pretty cool um it's not the most out there it's kind of just more of a color scheme for for winston skin plus a cool little helmet type dealio um but i dig it i uh, i like the colors of it so it's kind of cool week two july 27th to august 3rd Play nine games, get the Sunset Farah player icon. Play 18, get the Sunset Source. Sunset Source Spray. And play 27, get the Sunset Farah Epic Skin. Uh, this one, also also pretty cool, actually. Um, I dig it. It's kind of, uh, you know, similar in that it's got a kind of Hawaiian-style theme to it. We've got some flowers on Farah's, uh, I don't know what, you call, what, what to call it, flight suit there. But it's also got this wooden look to it, which is, is kind of cool. And uh, yeah, I, I dig that one as well. Moving on to week three, August 3rd through 10th, we have play nine games, get the Nihon Hanzo player icon, play 18, Nihon Hanzo spray, and play 27, you get the Nihon Hanzo epic skin. This one, in my opinion, is actually the least interesting of all of them. Um, it's basically just a colored, whitish colored skin, white and red uh, colored skin for Hanzo, kind of gray and red, if you will. Um, so yeah, I definitely prefer the other two, but I digress. It's not so bad. Still not so bad. Now then, going back to Liz's article, it actually looks at all of the skins you can earn here through the event. So let's read through it. The water is warm, the sun is out, and it's time to dive into all that gold you've been saving in Overwatch. This year's Summer Games event is now live, running from July 20th to August 10th. Players can unlock eight new skins along with dozens of other cosmetic assets. As usual, this year's Summer Games skin focuses on fun looks that represent the spirit of the season. There are also a lot of swimsuits and a few interesting surprises. Let's start with the Epic Skins. Each Summer Games Epic Skin can be unlocked by completing a weekly challenge. Players will have to rack up 27 points per week by playing or winning games of Overwatch in Arcade Mode, Quick Play, or Competitive. We've got Ocean King Winston there, which I already covered, of course. We've got Sunset Farah and Nihon Hanzo as well. Now let's look at the legendary skins, which can be unlocked through summer games, loot boxes, or purchased for 3,000 gold. 
So first, we've got Mermaid Symmetra. And I'm actually, I'm not going to read Liz's article here. I'm just going to talk about the skin a little bit. Um, this one is pretty cool, honestly. Gives uh, Symmetra a mermaid-esque uh, suit and look to her. Um, I definitely dig this one. Uh, is it one of my favorites from this this time around? Not necessarily one of my favorites, but it is certainly not to uh, not to be forgotten. It's a pretty cool one. We've then got Poolside Ash, which is probably one of the best skins from this event, uh, from this time around. Uh, we got Bob dressing, dressing up like he's uh, ready to hit the beach, uh, along with his best pal Ash, of course. And Ash looking good with a nice, uh, nice new hairstyle, nice new hat, and a uh, super soaker for her gun there. So definitely, this one is is probably one of the one of my favorites from this event so far. We've then got Sprinkles May, which is May looking a little bit like a 50s style diner uh, uh, a waitress, if you will. Um, got kind of a ice cream sundae theme to her little, I forget what he's called, her, her little her little little blizzard guy there. So definitely a cool one, but not a fave of mine uh, this time around. We've then got Referee Orisa, where we've got Orisa decked out in referee gear. She's got some knee pads and foot pads and pads all around and a nice little hat uh it's cool but not my fave again and then we've got probably what i would say is the other best one from this event this time around we've got scuba sigma this one is kind of hilarious because sigma is weirdly sexy in it uh he's got you know full-on six-pack abs um he's got some muscle definition behind him a little goatee and everything but ultimately uh, his suit is actually pretty sick. He's got these like sort of underwater propellers on all his shoulder pads and like his leg pads. Definitely an awesome looking skin. So I'll uh, I'll definitely dive in, try and unlock some of these guys. Um, hopefully I'll get that Winston one for the first uh, for the first week's challenges. I won't worry too much about the Pharaoh one or the Hanzo one, honestly, just because I'm not too crazy about them. But I wouldn't mind this Ash one or uh, or the Sigma skin there. And of course, with this event, we have a whole host of other uh, past Summer Games skins that are available. So we've got the Feskarn skin for Brigitta. We've got the Karate skin for Doomfist, one of the cooler ones. The Lifeguard skin for uh, Farah, which is actually probably one of my faves. Surf's Up for Echo. Tropical for Baptiste. Kendoka for Genji, which is actually pretty cool as well. We've got a Lucio Ball skin for Wrecking Ball. Surf and Splash for Torbjorn, of course, classic Torb in a bathing suit. Wave for Hanzo, that's a, that's a pretty decent one actually. I like that. Um, I love I love the sort of beach going outfits for uh, for the summer events, similar to that one. We've got American for for Reaper, which whatever. Uh, we've got Bundesalder for Reinhardt. We've got Zongguo for May. We've got Cabana for Anna. We've got Catcher. For Winston, which is a pretty cool one where uh, he's kind of decked out in some baseball gear. We got Fastball for Zenyatta. We got Gridiron Heart for Reinhardt, which is, although I'm not crazy about the skin, I love his hammer on that one because it's kind of uh, designed to look like a trophy. Um, trophy on a stick, if you will. So that's pretty cool. We got Lacrosse for Roadhog, which is a sick one. We've got Wave Racer for Diva, which is another awesome one uh, where her mech is decked out to look kind of like a Kind of like a motorboat, kind of like a jet ski. We've got Mexicana for Sombra. We've got Trey Cronor for Brigitta. We've got Eranach for Moira. We've got Biker for Reaper. Cricket for Junkrat. We've got 
Cote d'Azur for Widowmaker. Grillmaster76 for... Oh my gosh, there's so many. Grillmaster76 for Soldier76, probably my favorite soldier skin. We got Lifeguard for McCree, probably my favorite uh, McCree skin. We've got Tulum for Sombra, which is a sick one. We've got Winged Victory for Mercy. Champion for Zarya, Selakau for Lucio, Sprinter for Tracer, Striker for Lucio, Track and Field for Tracer, Weightlifter for Zarya, American for McCree, Endignosin for Mercy, Nihon for Genji, Tegaguki for Diva, Tricronor for Torbjorn, and finally Tricolor for Widowmaker. So there you go. Just an absolute, absolute ton of skins for this event. Um, but ultimately, probably some of the most fun ones in the game if you ask me uh given that they they do kind of go crazy with these ones and you know give give characters bathing suits that we probably wouldn't see otherwise so anyways i digress that actually brings us to the end of the news stories that i have for this week and that's going to mean that we are going to jump on over to the owl recap where we will take a quick look at this past week's matches in the overwatch league Oh, uh, we have to get this thing moving again. All right, so let's climb on over to DottieSports.com again. This time, this article is actually posted on July 17th by Liz Richardson. However, it serves as a nice kind of recap of the Summer Showdown Tournament, so I'm going to stick with it and read it out to you now. So, here we go. Shanghai Dragons win the Overwatch League Summer Showdown. The Shanghai Dragons are one step closer to building a dynasty after taking a win against the Chengdu Hunters in the Overwatch League Summer Showdown Tournament. With a 4-1 Grand Finals score, the Dragons have earned their second championship win during the 2021 season. Last month, the Dragons completed a wild comeback streak to defeat the Dallas Fuel in the June Joust. This time around, Shanghai faced off against the chaotic and adaptable Chengdu Hunters, who forced the Dragons to think outside of the box in both hero and composition choices. With this victory, the Shanghai Dragons joined the 2018 New York Excelsior, now the only two teams to win back-to-back -back stage or tournament championships in league history. The Wild Summer Showdown Grand Finals kicked off with a back-and-forth maps, with both teams proving they came to win. Control Map Ilios went solidly in the Chengdu Hunters' favor thanks to Flex Support Monk, who has been a surprise standout with his Zenyatta and Ana play. Anubis, however, was a different experience for the Hunters. They took point A with impressive speed, but the Shanghai Dragons held point B long enough to prevent a full map completion and eventually took the win. The third map, Eichenwald, was a similar scene with the Hunters making impressive strides only to be stopped by Shanghai's stellar DPS players. Chengdu's roster has often been considered the arbiter of chaos, and nowhere was this more obvious than the team's escort map pick, Route 66. Instead of going with a, quote, typical composition for the east region they went with a rush style comp for the attack round borrowing north america's favorite meta unfortunately they once again ran into shanghai's solid wall of damage before completing the map and the dragons racked up a three to one lead for final for the final map nepal the hunters brought in wrecking ball expert Ameng to throw off shanghai's solid tactics the first round was a wild showdown with both teams giving it their all but the map and series ended with a surprising twist. Just when they had an opportunity to take back Nepal Village, the Chengdu Hunters stepped off the point during overtime and effectively handed the Shanghai Dragons a second championship on a silver platter. Fleta, Shanghai's star DPS and the 2020 Overwatch League MVP, was awarded player of the match for his dominance and flexibility on multiple heroes like Reaper and Echo. 
As the winners of the summer showdown, the Shanghai Dragons will bring home $100,000. They've also earned three, quote, league points, which will factor into postseason standings. The Chengdu Hunters have earned two league points and 70000 as the tournament's runner-ups. To give players and staff a break, no Overwatch League games will take place next weekend. This season's final tournament cycle, the Countdown Cup, begins on July 30th. So, with that, that was the um, Summer Showdown Tournament, where, of course, as the article pointed out there, we saw the Shanghai Dragons come out on top, beating down the uh, competition, and ultimately pulling out the win to take it all. So, let's take a quick look back at the matches there. Um, I Again, I had a very busy week last week, so I didn't catch all the matches. Um, obviously, I was working while watching the Thursday matches. Friday, I actually had the day off, but I was running errands most of the day. And then Saturday was, of course, the wedding that I was in. So, although I didn't see all these matches live, I did go back and watch a number of them, uh, either on Sunday or maybe perhaps just, you know, maybe a little bit during work on Monday as well. Um However, the first match of the weekend was a 3-1 win for the Chengdu Hunters against the Dallas Fuel. And this, I think, surprised a lot of people. I think many, many people were definitely putting their chips on Dallas here, um, just given the volatility that Chengdu has often displayed. But for whatever reason, uh, you know, maybe it was meta, maybe it was just they, they got their shit together, but Chengdu really had an impressive showing and knocked Dallas to the loser's bracket. Atlanta then took on Shanghai, and Shanghai uh, squashed them in a relatively easy 3-0 loss, knocking them down to the loser's bracket, which then, of course, meant that on Friday, our first match was the Chengdu Hunters taking on the Shanghai Dragons. And in this case, Chengdu took Shanghai to map 5. Um, I actually didn't watch this match, uh, just given I, I figured I would, if I'm going to watch a Chengdu-Shanghai match, I may as well watch the final map. Uh, final match, sorry, the, the one to win it all. But ultimately, this one set up the grudge match for the final, just like uh, what happened with Dallas and Shanghai back in what would have been the May Melee, I believe? Maybe the previous tournament? Maybe the June Joust? Anyways, the second match on Friday was the Atlanta Rain in the loser's bracket taking on the Dallas Fuel in the loser's bracket. And again, this match went to five, with Dallas ultimately coming out on top over Atlanta. And really... Uh, I don't think it was as close as the score might indicate. Um, I think Dallas did show show Atlanta really what they were made of. But Atlanta, I guess, you know, was able to flex and kind of show that they weren't just going to fall over and, and lose it. But even still, uh, I think it was becoming clear around this point that North America just didn't quite have the meta on lock in the same way that the Eastern region teams did, um, obviously with Shanghai and Chengdu. So anyways, Dallas comes out on top, and then Dallas immediately, I did watch that match by the way, Dallas then immediately has to go in and play a second game, this time taking uh, taking on the Chengdu Hunters in their second game, however they obviously had a couple hours to break, with the ultimate goal being uh, the winner would go on to the final round to take on Shanghai. However, it was a relatively one-sided match, and Chengdu really just squashed Dallas. Now... 
you know, it's not to say Dallas didn't perform because uh, certainly their players, I'm sure, put up the best performance they could. But I can't even imagine doing the back-to-back games, especially after Atlanta took you to five. Um, it was a long game and then being expected to just step right into another game and and, and take on a team like Chengdu in this, in this sense. Just pretty crazy expectations. Um, if there was going to be a team that could do it, sure, I would probably put my money on Dallas. Um, Dallas or Shanghai, ultimately. But when it, when it came down to it in the end, uh, you know, Jinmu, leave, um, Chengdu just really seemed to have it on lock and really showed Dallas, who was boss, taking the win 3-0. to zero. Moving on from there, we, of course, go into our final match, which obviously I read the article from Liz on, so we already have a pretty good brief on that. Um, it really looked in the beginning like Chengdu was going to uh, just absolutely stomp Shanghai, um, you know, just the way they had such control on the control map. The first map was Ilios there. And the the dominant showing that Chengdu had really looked like if they can keep this up, they could they could take this. They could hand it to Shanghai. Ultimately, that is not what happened. You know, Temple of Anubis went to Shanghai two to one. Eichenwald went to Shanghai three to one. Route 66 went to Shanghai three to two. And then that final map on Nepal uh, Shanghai just took control, took things over, and really won it out against Chengdu. And then, of course, as Liz mentioned in her article, there was the uh, simply fantastic C9 at the end there, the the Chengdu 9, if you will, um, where nobody was on the point, and time ran out. And because of that, Shanghai got the win. So I digress. That's how our tournament looked. Shanghai ultimately coming out on top uh, and continuing to look like an incredibly dominant force. Now, with that said, I think we will move on to the next segment of the show. Excuse me for dropping in. All right, and now that I look at the next segment of the show, as it turns out, I'm actually not going to do a next segment of the show. I'm going to wrap up. So, yes, I realize it's a little bit earlier. This will be a short episode of the show. And, of course, I also realize that... Uh, uh, there were a few, there's a little bit more I could go into. I could do some power rankings with IBM's Watson. Um, I could look at the upcoming games, but ultimately I'm going to save that for next episode because that way we will be talking about that right before those matches begin on July 30th. So for now, I will simply say thank you to all of my listeners for giving me a break last week, cutting me some slack. Um, I may end up having to take another week off here or another two weeks off here at some point, another couple of weeks, not necessarily in a row, but um, just given moving houses and everything, uh, it's going to be pretty busy and crazy times for me. So if I do, I will do my best to post on Twitter or something like that so that I'm not just leaving you completely in the dark. However, if I don't do that, you know, just understand that I'm, life's crazy right now and and I need my sanity somehow. So I digress. Thank you very much for listening to episode 49 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM. And if you reach out to me on Twitter at C- Sir DRJM, I will gladly interact with you over there. Why not give us a follow uh, on my services there? And of course, check out the podcast, One Man Watchpoint, on all your favorite podcast services out there. Um, give us a listen, leave us a review, give us a like, all that fun stuff, share us with your friends. And of course, we'll catch you next time for episode 50 of One Man Watchpoint. Thank you.